0: To setting the scheme i'm ben i'm doug i'm tristan and elijah where the heck are you not here and he's not here. mystery
1: mike well that was two weeks ago so you know
0: actually it's gonna it be great by the time this post because we also took a
1: break well it's okay because you know we have another guest whose name also starts with an m mm-hmm.
0: and no offense to mike uh but i like this guest a lot more
1: stop that
2: was rude
0: yeah ben <laughs> Jeez, come on, dude!
1: I said Jeez. no offense to Mike. I just,
2: I full offense. given. Ben,
3: Ben, you're canceled.
0: I'm sorry. Okay, well, oh my bye God.
2: guys. All right, moving on with the podcast. Doug, Tristan, and Macy.
0: <laughs> Macy's pushing me out of the way. Oh yes, Macy is the guest, and she's a lovely guest.
2: Yes. Oh.
1: Macy, we haven't been on. You and I haven't been on a podcast episode together yet.
2: Really? Doug, I Mike. don't think we have.
1: This one's which is saying something cuz i feel like of the guys I feel like you and i talk reg- talk the most regularly
2: yes that is truth my buddy my pal all
1: right well well okay okay real quick so my buddy my pal so quick tangent what? i don't know if y'all ever knew this but back in the 80s there were a line of uh, children's dolls called my buddy and kid sister and they had a uh, they had a little jingle that went my buddy my buddy and you want to know something those dolls looked about as lifeless as the main character in the movie that we watched tonight
2: Um, that's a
1: good segue
0: i also had a segue
1: i was gonna uh, do because
2: your segue too, double segue
1: well with all due respect to you ben with all due respect ben uh, I think that my segue to the movie that we watched this week, The Adventures of 1010 from 2011, uh, was a better segue.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was. My segue was, hey, you know what? who else was popular in the 80s? Steven Spielberg. You know why we're talking about Steven Spielberg? Because he directed the movie we're talking about this week. And
3: I think you just ruined Doug's segue with all the rhetoric about <laughs> Doug's segue. So.
1: That's the goal
2: my segway oh my i didn't have a segway
1: <laughs> do y'all remember back I, in like the oh <laughs> y'all remember in like the early to mid 2000s when all of a sudden like this these commercials started popping up saying it's coming what is it and turns out and like they were hyping it up as like this brand new technological breakthrough and it was just a segway
2: i don't remember the 80s doug
1: you um, shouldn't
2: either 2000s so anyway
1: 80s <laughs> So anyway, so we watched The Adventures of Ten Ten tonight, uh, directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg. Um, uh, Released in 2011, two days before Christmas. That's not important. I just found that out. Stars Jamie Bell, Andy Serkis, Daniel Craig, Peter Jackson, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Toby Jones, Mackenzie Crook. A lot of people, a lot of people um ratings wise this movie uh has a 7.3 out of 10 on imdb a 74 percent on rotten tomatoes a 68 percent on the metacritic and 84 percent on the google and this movie was made for a budget of 135 million dollars and made at the box office 374 million dollars
0: good for them
1: oh and it I also won the, on
0: common sense media
1: it also won the golden globe for best animated feature um and yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the first. This was the first non-Pixar film to win a Golden Globe for Best Animated Picture.
2: I think they were wrong.
0: Did any oh. films come out in 2011? Was there? I think
2: other, Brave. There Any other nominated film? I think
3: Brave. No, it was <laughs> it was Cars two.
1: <laughs> I bet. It okay, makes more okay, sense.
2: Sure. Not even the gleam of Lightning McQueen's headlights Oh,
1: it is it is cars too yeah no 1010 deserve to win that one 1010 deserve to win that yeah. one that was hands just down
2: the yeah. answer tristan good job at your research
3: do I, I i used to be like a pixar fanatic so i yeah i just we go into a back no all like, in why the you worry
2: pixar fanatic please i think what? every listener i think the listeners want to know including the ceo of pixar um would like to know the backstory of your fanatic behavior well uh
3: well um i just loved the movies when i was a kid and i loved toy story particularly and they're just fantastic films like almost every single one almost every single one is What's a good the movie. one that you don't like well we all know Cars, <laughs> Cars deserves to burn in hell All right, and it's the only one that's actively bad. Like all the other ones are at least like, at least like they're decent. You know what I mean?
1: You know what Um, we really should do? We really should edit in right now the uh just an audio clip of Elijah Walls saying, "Is the Pope Mobile Catholic?"
2: Yeah, (laughs) is the Pope? Huh?
3: Is the is the Pope Mobile Catholic? It's it's an old. It's for our uh, Dutch out there listening. The Dutch, yeah.
2: Gosh, the Dutch
1: and the CEOs. been have to add to the list. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, speaking of the Adventures of Ten Ten. So, it's really weird, <laughs> in my opinion. It's really weird that this movie exists because, for those of you who don't know, the Adventures of Ten Ten are a French comic strip that came out in like the early seventies, and that was it. That was it. They had a they had a cartoon in the eighties. That was it. And Steven Spielberg, in all of his wisdom, said, wait, what, what voice does Steven Spielberg have? Well, you know what, guys? I was sitting in my office today, and all of a sudden, I felt a hankering for a nice French comic strip from the early 70s. So I'm going to make me a movie. Going to make a movie.
0: No, and I, I just 10, want to 10. 10. That, that seems right. To something. You said
1: a um,
2: comic. Anyway. Yeah,
3: that's how Steven Spielberg says it, Macy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he says uh, it like uh, M. Night Shyamalan says "appa,
2: <laughs> Let's not uh, talk about that ever again. Because no. I will, I will leave.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I just want to say, y'all, y'all heard the voice, y'all didn't see the face. The face goes along perfectly <laughs> with it. Oh yeah, y'all, you all missed out on
1: that. The
2: face reminded me of the professor from Harry Potter with the fake eye.
1: Oh, Mad Eye Moody. There we go. Mad-eye Goody.
2: Hey oh,
1: hey uh, so have any
0: uh, have the y'all new seen youth this movie?
2: Persona. I have never seen this movie, Benjamin. Have you seen this movie before? I've not. Tristan. I have
1: not seen this movie. Tristan before. Webb,
2: the only other one besides Doug Bid and I. Have you seen this movie before?
3: Well, guess who suggested it?
2: <laughs> not me. Me.
3: <laughs> me. Yeah, I saw it. Um I really wanted to see it when it came out. And I probably saw it a couple years after. I just watched it on my own. Uh, not with my dad. Not with my mom. Not with anyone. Just my alone in my room. Lights off. How old were you? Um, When I watched it, I don't know, probably 18. By yourself. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Interesting. How did that make you feel? My adventures with this movie. Uh, Well, I, I liked it, actually. I liked it a lot. Um, back then I ranked it pretty high. Um, I ranked it in my top 10 at the time because I just started to keep a top 10 and I hadn't seen a lot of movies.
2: Had you so only seen nine movies?
3: Um, no, that joke kidding, flew over my this head. It wasn't
2: that bad. <laughs>
3: um, yeah. And I liked it. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever saw Hannah, the movie Hannah. No, but that movie was my number one for a while. Oh, uh, look it up. It's about, um, well, it's about a girl who is, what is it? Her dad's like an FBI agent or CIA agent who has to go live in like Scandinavia, like in the rural Scandinavia.
2: Scandinavia. And
3: he's like on the run and he gets captured, but he's taught his daughter, Hannah, all these different skills to like survive. So she goes out and uh, fights off the, the CIA who are trying to capture her, and she goes to rescue her dad. That's Hannah. She
2: sounds anyway. cool. She sounds.
3: She's she sounds cool. Functional. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really artsy action film that I liked. Um, it's still a good movie. Um, anyway, Tintin uh, is about this little fella named Tintin. Um, it's actually. Uh, what Bel Flemish? What is the French? No, no. no for Belgium. What is the word for people from Belgium? <laughs> what is the word? It's not French.
1: It's Be- Belgian. Um... Belgian.
3: Be- oh, yeah, I guess it is. It's Belgian.
2: <laughs> that was so that, hard. That
3: just doesn't sound right, but all right.
2: Yes, a Belgian waffle. That makes sense.
3: Um so anyway, it's it's little fella from there he's a journalist um, but it's a french
1: comic just like how
2: belgians actually made the fries and the french people bought them so now they're french fries hey yo. that's this is the second great theft that france has committed in our history
3: all right anyway tintin is a journalist um and in this story just Just like his other tales, uh, he gets on some wacky adventure with, uh, what's his name? The the,
2: Snowy.
0: With his dog, Snowy? Yes. And the captain. So real Um, quick, did anyone besides me uh, think that Tenten was the dog before watching the movie? No. I thought Tenten
2: was actually a robot
1: see i I feel like you're confusing i feel like you're confusing adventures of 1010 with the iron
2: giant
1: no that's what i was doing uh i would i think that you're confusing it with either the Nicolas cage uh film astro boy or with the other critical darling of a and feature film um robots starring ewan mcgregor and robin williams
2: i'm highly aware of the movie robots i love the movie robots and i will tell you one more time i thought we were watching the iron giant i didn't know the difference
3: mercy's sake there's a big
1: difference
3: okay well you know what look up the movie yourself you'll 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 figure out what what it's about okay all right look if you're listening to this episode you probably already saw it and if you didn't (laughs) Go watch the dang film before you listen to what we got to say because, I mean, like, you're going to be lost. Like, why are you...
0: Or don't because, I mean, we're, we're not the boss of you. We can't tell you what to do, but we're going to talk about the movie anyway. I'm going to make suggestions. Whatever. Bill.
2: You know what this movie did?
3: What?
2: It made me really uncomfortable. Tell me why. Because of the animation. I really felt so icky in my skin because it was Jeez. weirdly realistic but at the same time frustratingly cartoonish and if i felt like they weren't picking uh either aside or finding a happy medium i felt like i was in a you guys know the opening the opening little song to the movie soul yes that very poorly put together middle school jazz re of the disney intro i felt like i was living in that when i looked at this animation
3: so, if I may, I have some background, a little bit. Um, so, th- so it's a it's motion capture. This movie, um, the uh, so as you know, the actors were in those little suits. They acted in real life, put the characters on the on the actors. There you go. So the movement looks very real. It's because it is real. Um, the characters basically they they didn't want them to look too realistic because otherwise they would have entered that sort of uh, uncanny valley and so they included the cartoonists an interpretation of the cartoonist style which is controversial for people who talk about this film a lot of people don't like it a lot of people are okay with it you know it's just an arguing point so which you will hear us argue probably in about five seconds when doug interrupts me um, interrupts. so uh <laughs> so the, <laughs> the the cartoon style is is also on uh, on them but it's not as prevalent it's not they're not the cartoons they're just you know it's just a, it's just an asset i guess anyway
1: oh are are you are you done tristan yeah Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, what? gotcha. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, around like 2006-ish, uh, one of Steven Spielberg's good buddies, Robert Zemeckis, you may know him, is the director of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Forrest Gump, or you know, a little movie from 1985 called Back to the Future. It's a perfect movie. I don't care what anybody says. Um, uh, and Robert Zemeckis said, you know what? You know what? I... Robert J. Zemeckis, Esquire. I do believe that the future of film is motion capture. I believe that it's motion capture technology. And so he started making these anime movies uh, with motion capture. Um, made The Polar Express, which I know if you are in any of our age ranges, you've probably seen that at school at some point. Am I, am I correct? Yes. Am I correct I saw in, it in, real life, in that assumption? Man. I mean, I saw it in real life too, real but real I mean... Life. But I mean, I saw it in school as well. Similarly, uh, he he did he did that. He did the uh, Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey playing all the different characters. He did. Let's see, there was one more. Oh, he did Welcome to Marwin a few years ago. I think that's like his last movie that he's doing with the motion capture. Um, and he also did a movie the same year that this movie came out called Mars Needs Moms. Okay, now here's the thing: the biggest The biggest complaint of Robert Zemeckis's animation style is that all of the characters in those movies drift into the Uncanny Valley. And if you don't know what the Uncanny Valley is, it's basically this idea, this theory that every artificially created uh, human or humanoid has sort of a sliding scale of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Something that looks nothing like a real human, thinks C-3PO, is not off-putting at all. It's 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 C-3PO. It's just a little robot. It's just doing its little thing. However, if you go the complete opposite direction and you look at something like the... Let's think the boy, the boy in uh, Polar Express,
2: yep.
1: he's a little... He's almost a little like you can tell that they're trying to make him look like a real person but he's not he's like a cartoon so it it drifts into that i'm kind of uncomfortable with seeing this uh and that sliding scale is referred to as the uncanny valley yeah am i am i right in my description of that process yeah, that's good um okay so good old bob J zemeckis uh i don't know what his middle initial Lee. Is. Is it actually uh, yeah it's uh, uh so Bob J. Zemeckis, uh, he, he and Steven Spielberg, they're good buddies. And Robert Zemeckis went to Steven Spielberg when Steven Spielberg was, uh, was thinking about making this movie. And Robert J. Zemeckis said, now, Steven, I do believe that if you are going to do this motion capture movie, I think what you should be aware of is that people are not going to like it if they look photorealistic and steven said okay hey, bob i will be happy to do a stylized version of this film yeah and so he did and here's my problem with this movie is that even though it is done in the cartoonish style Something about this movie still drifts into that uncanny valley. And I I can't put my finger on what it is. But this movie's weird to look at. It's weird to look. I don't like ingesting it with my eyes. Well,
3: if I may suggest. You may not. A a, a lot of, well, I'm going to. (laughs) A lot of this movie has angles and action sequences that you couldn't pull off in real life. Or if you did people would die <laughs> or equipment would die or things like that. And it's constantly happening. Like in all, every other scene, there's some sort of weird angle or weird thing a character's doing that someone would normally do. And I think that further propels it
0: closer to Uncanny Valley. See, I would make the argument that uh, a person's understanding of the Uncanny Valley or, you know, what is too far is different for everyone. I mean, what might be uncomfortable for Doug to watch might be perfectly comfortable for you to watch, Tristan. Yeah, I mean, even though it does have those wacky camera angles that aren't possible to do uh, in real life, though. Doug was raising his hand, so I think he may have something to say about that.
1: I think I mean, also. Sorry,
0: sorry, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Because um, <laughs> uh, I mean, even myself, like there are parts that's like it was a it was close, like it. I was definitely feeling like that. That looks kind of real. Um, I feel seasick. Yeah.
1: Anyway.
3: Doug. A lot of sea in this movie. So um,
1: Yeah, so, so this is my problem with your argument, Tristan. Is that, yes, this movie does, in this hour 44 minute movie that feels like two and a half hours, um, there are maybe 10 minutes worth of sayings that you couldn't do in real life so you have to do it with computer and that's fine i get it like do your thing my problem is is that if you're gonna make this whole movie and you're gonna have actors doing motion capture performances and you're gonna say this is so that we can really get into what it looks like to live out a comic book then why don't you make the movie as like like fill the movie with those shots that you can't do otherwise like do you know what i would have loved to see from this movie i would have loved to have seen if like steven Spielberg was just like you know what i'm gonna do oh excuse me excuse me you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make this whole movie that i'm gonna build inside of a computer i'm gonna make it one shot like, if he had just made the whole thing look like it was one shot, that would have been something that was new and innovative that I would have loved to have seen an animation. Ben, give me two seconds. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he gives us 10 minutes worth of action scenes that we can't see. And what's worse is that he gives us an opening scene that looks like we're going to, like, the title credits of this movie are more interesting than the rest of this movie. Benjamin J. Tankersley, you have the force, sir. I
0: understand what you're saying. Uh, I do have to pose this counterpoint, though. You say, you know, why doesn't Spielberg do these wacky shots the entire time? My question. When you are a director, you make artistic choices, yes? Yes. Would you make an artistic choice for one scene that you would apply to the entire show that was something that you could only do in
1: that one instance i think i i get where you're coming from ben and i think you're and you're right in your criticism of my argument this is my point though the opening the biggest problem that i have with this movie is that the title sequence does all those shots that you really can't pull off the same way in regular filmmaking or in like real life filmmaking so if you're going to do shots like that in the opening credits, then at least give me more to look at in the rest of the movie because all it does is it makes me wish for the opening title sequence.
3: Well there <clears throat> there are two other do, do you mean the the part where he's going through the market? Is that what you mean?
1: No.
0: No, the opening title sequence. I where it shows I them like
1: Capture like
0: the, like golden jewel or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah.
1: that, that like rotoscope
0: i looking thing. Okay. It looks like i'd like- love that yeah
3: i i um i mean uh what comes to mind is the scene um the scene where they're chasing the little slips of paper through the city and also the, the scene where tending gets his wallet stolen and he's yeah to chase after the guy
1: yeah, and that looks great. I'm a I'm a big fan of those ten, of that ten minutes of film. It doesn't make the other hour and thirty minutes that feels like two hours and ten minutes any better.
0: But I think you would have liked this movie a whole lot less if it was just uh, that kind of stuff in the ten minutes that you're talking about. You're
1: absolutely right. If it was just that, then yeah, I would have hated it but my point is but that you're also balance, you're saying
0: that you didn't like it because it didn't do it enough like i well, think it was an artistic choice to use it for well just because scenes. i i think well, it just was just a good because i say
1: to do that. just because i say that i don't like the fact that it's only using those two scenes and i would like to see it more doesn't mean i want the whole movie to look like that i want balance and i don't feel like there's balance here
0: that i will say that personally is not my issue with this movie
1: i mean well, i have other trust me i have other issues with the movie <laughs> That's just the one that we're on right now. Okay.
2: Then, well, <clears throat> what is your issue then?
0: Uh, so my one of my main issues with this movie is that every single character in this movie is simultaneously perfect and the biggest, most useless person in the entire world. And that can be characterized by no one better than Tintin himself, who is somehow this like, award-winning journalist who's a better detective than anyone in Interpol... Interpol also completely useless in this movie. Um, that's the joke. <laughs> but when it's everyone, it it's a,
1: it's it doesn't a show weird. everyone.
3: It shows two twins who are. I mean, idiots. I'm not
1: just talking about. No, like, it Interpol shows James Simon James Pegg and Nick Frost being, <laughs> Frost being Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's not that's not shade against Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's just. So I'm, what I'm talking about the is characters. Like,
0: every character in this movie, like in one second, they'll do something incredible that you can't believe, in, and in the other, they're tripping and it's like how are you the same person that you that just did this like quadruple backflip or something it's it feels like i'm getting whiplash watching them go from extreme to extreme
3: i think that's the wonder you get in this movie like for me it's it, it, it it reminds me of spielberg's other works in that sometimes characters do epic things and it's just like Either they just get lucky, which is that's probably it. They just get lucky, you know, and they like they catch the ball at the right time or they jump out of the way at the right time and they, you know, they look up and there's like the thing they were looking for. So it, it's just, it's just stuff like that. And uh, I, I think it has a lot to do with, I think it has a lot to do with that. I mean, it just reminds me of those sequences. That is so
0: I mean, I I get the like, you know, feeling lucky, (laughs) but the degree to like how extreme that switch is, it's just a lot. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, uh,
3: Tintin is I mean, he is too pure. You said it like I I mean, we could get to that a little bit later or now. It doesn't matter, I guess. But I wanted to talk about like, all the characters in this movie, it's just, it's kind of just, it's a straightforward fun romp, you know? Like, we know who the bad guy is. It, it's pretty clear, like, since when we first see him, they are like, yep, that's the bad guy. Like, and then it's revealed, he's the bad guy. Okay, cool. Like, the character development, <clears throat> the only character that is developed at all is the captain, which I can't remember his name. Haddock. Haddock, of course. It's Haddock. Um, Captain Haddock, which he doesn't even really get developed. Like, he stops drinking, I guess, but he, he doesn't do it for the right reason. <clears throat> like, there's a point where Haddock is, uh, or Tintin is faced with, I think it was, he's faced with saving Haddock or saving this, or like giving the, he'll like either give the scrap of paper or keep it, and then Haddock like gets dropped to the bottom of the ocean. Mm hmm. And that's, a, that's something that Haddock, Haddock should have had that issue, you know? Like, imagine if the roles were reversed and how much development that would have given to Haddock. Like, Tintin's already pure, which, in my mind, he's a lost cause, like, oh. whatever. It's not about Tintin. But give Haddock that opportunity to make that decision. Like, that's the kind of character development I wanted to see.
0: But Tristan, this movie isn't the adventures of Captain Haddock. The
3: adventures it, of d- it doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you say um, that, but I, I just, I just want to throw this out there, um, because I don't like the character of Ten Ten, but I don't like the character of Ten Ten because he's quite literally, I would, I would put him somewhere between a blade of grass and a sheet of drywall as far as, as far as how much character he actually has, but I mean, it's not necessarily his fault. It's the fact that he's pulled from a comic strip from the 1970s in which he's supposed to be like the person that the audience lends their own thoughts to. Um, That being said, I still hate the fact that he exists. I just I I hate the fact that he's on screen. I hate the fact (laughs) that he's in the movie. I hate the fact that the movie bears his name. I wow. I really didn't have that strong of a feeling about the kid when I was like coming into it and now I'm just thinking about I'm like no I I actually like really dislike this kid
3: but but did you guys agree with me on that like do you think that would have been a better I
2: agree Tristan probably for the first time in podcast history (laughs) with you that yes that would have been much better for character development and the story and all that also I would like to also say Douglas to me Tintin who I almost just forgot the name of that's why there was a pause. 1010 to me looks like a q-tip with red hair.
1: <clears throat> so a red q-tip. Yes. No. Um,
2: a q-tip with red hair.
1: I I mean, Tristan, I agree with you. I think Haddock is by far the more interesting character. I think that Sartan, right? I think he's Saccharin. a he's an say that again.
3: Saccharin. Saccharin, yeah. Saccharin. Um the bad
1: guy. Daniel Craig. Daniel yeah. Craig um i think he's a fine villain he's fine he exists i mean he's not like a complex villain but he's a villain i mean it's fine
0: i just i mean he's about the least complex villain in the world
1: <laughs> yeah yeah again pulled from a comic shirt for the 1970s uh it's like when they made garfield a movie like what what'd you expect there's not a whole lot you can do with it yeah, yeah. um but i mean i just the fact of the matter is that Tintin is our main character, and because he's our main character, there's not a lot of meat to him. Uh-oh. There's a lot of meat with Haddock, which is a fun statement to say. Stop, um,
2: <laughs> stop.
1: <laughs> uh, but I say that
2: statement more.
1: But he's he's all that we. I mean, we don't get a lot of him. Um, uh, yes.
2: I didn't. I don't think we talked about this earlier, but one thing I'm confused by that you guys maybe will be able to clear up, I guess. That butler man was also the grandpa, whoever this, the original pirate Haddock. That If you looked in the scene, that person existed on the boat. Yes. I
1: thought about that. I thought about that. It was that. the that. I was exact like,
2: same characters, everything. So is he reincarnated <laughs> too? Or is this man eternal?
3: They, like the they guardian just look the of same the story. On H- haddock Sac- Saccharin and the Butler guy—it's—it's just—it's just an interpretation. It's like let's flashback. It—it's different characters. It's a different Haddock. It's a different Saccharin. Yeah. But they just look the exact same, so we he know is. who they are. You know.
2: What's the Butler's name?
3: I don't know. Buddy.
2: Trout? You say trout. Yeah. You know uh, what, Douglas. Doug.
3: <laughs> I have no idea.
0: Perch or Nestor or Nestor.
3: Nestor or Nestle, Nestle, Nestle,
2: Nestle. Crunch, Crump.
3: Um, if I may, the way I view the characters in this movie is and what, what makes me not so upset about Tintin because Doug, everything you said is right. Like, obviously, Tintin is just a bland character, like, yeah. there's nothing, there's he's nothing. He, but it reminds me of. <clears throat> some of these characters i can't think of any off the top of my head honestly but he's just he's a vessel for the for the people to watch through. it's like playing a video game where the character is just it's just nothing it's like noctis and final fantasy if you ever played that or you, any jrpg not, <laughs> he's
1: perfect tristan you know who he reminds me of who and i i think you'll i think you've played last of us right yeah okay do you remember henry the kid yeah he reminds me of henry because it's like you know you're supposed to care about him you know you're supposed to like have empathy for him but also when he like if he dies okay that's fine we gotta move the plot along
3: well in that story henry is just kind of a breath and like you're
1: no no i mean he is he yeah is. i mean you're,
3: you're with just... our you're with our two main characters. And you're seeing everything from their perspective. So when Henry dies, you're like, oh, okay, well, let's keep moving on, you know, which
0: I think they did that well. But anyway,
1: that's not a knock on The Last of Us because The Last of Us is also a perfect video game, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Who Tintin reminds me of is Freddie Highmore from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. (laughs) Freddie
1: Highmore from any movie. Oh my gosh. Also, (laughs) hold on. Wait, wait. We have a new listener who uh, texted me and said they don't like what I say about Freddie Highmore. Um, Emily Spronger, Tintin is Freddie Highmore. Tintin is Freddie Highmore. Also, thank you so much for your viewership. Um, If I may. Yes.
3: Tintin, at at least with Tintin, like it seems like his, the cogs are moving in his brain. (laughs) Freddie Highmore, I don't know dude I think he's just like the ghost of of a person like that's that's what I imagine like when I see him on screen like like he, he used to exist but now he's just a husk
1: Freddie Highmore's entire Freddie Highmore's entire career is based off of the fact that he actually died like 60 years ago yeah he just has so much unfinished business yeah that he won't leave he's yeah. like
2: this cicada show
1: oh my gosh he is. <laughs> Okay, look. uh, Haley Beach Vaughn, because I know you'll listen to this episode, could you please do us the favor of just drawing a cartoonish version of Freddie Highmore as a cicada (laughs) shell?
0: Like, give us a
1: cicada shell with Freddie Highmore's face. It's it's like...
0: What?
1: Look. What other characters in this
3: movie are just bland? Because all of them are, like, like, foolish or... They have their own issues, or they're the bad guy. You know, Tintin to me is the only one, except for the, his dog, I guess. But his, even his dog is probably more intelligent than Tintin. Tintin's just like, oh, a thing happened to me. Let
1: me react. You know. Um, I, th- but, I mean, I think I think Snowy's fine. I think Snowy works. Yeah, right. Snowy's I a think good dog. The real detective, good
2: because mm. Snowy's the one that got the po- pickpocketer immediately at the beginning of the story, and Tintin yeah. just ignored Snowy. And then later on, Snow—I mean, like I honestly—I can't remember anything else. But Snowy, I do remember in general almost found out every secret before Tintin. Like, why is Tintin so dumb? His name is Dumb-Dumb.
3: That's why I thought the dog, dog was Tintin. <laughs> I mean, like I said, he's a vessel for everything else to happen in the movie, and <clears throat> we like—he's—he's he's just inoffensive because he's nothing. And to doug maybe he is offensive because he's nothing
1: he
2: is offensive but, that but, haircut but,
1: I, what, I don't i don't think offensive is the right word offensive okay.
2: is the correct
3: i don't word. i don't
1: feel like i don't feel like i've ever said that he was offensive i Whatever. just
3: ever <laughs> the point i was trying to make is that you've got a character like haddock who honestly needs more character development like this movie doesn't do enough for haddock it, it, i think it gives him it just gives him too much like I, I don't think he really kicks his alcoholism or I don't see a start to... I don't see a, a legitimate start to kicking his alcoholism. Like, I, I I, think he's still selfish at the end of it. He's got a lot of work to do. And maybe there's a sequel out there or they intended to make one. I don't know. But, like, I, I expected more resolution from Haddock. But all the other characters are, are just are, are just either funny or silly or zany or they have they're some quirk man. or they're the villains or whatever or 1010 is just the one that we are all together spooky um 1010 is just the one we experienced them all through that's all i'm trying
0: to say i, just I like one note characters they're there for one thing
1: yeah i mean i i there's no complexity like, to this movie at all like i i had I know that the amount of times that I said I have issues with this movie would lead you to think that like I think it's trash. I don't think it's trash. I think it just is nothing. I mean, like it's a movie that exists.
3: <laughs> I mean, take take uh, okay, take a Zemeckis film. Let's let's just pick the Polar Express, okay, and then we can take a Spielberg film, uh, ET, okay. Both those because- are not
1: fair. Those Both, are not fair comparisons.
3: I'm not. I'm comparing the main character. Both of those movies have main characters that have intricacies. Like the, like the main character in Polar Express doesn't believe in Santa. That's like his whole thing. Like he doesn't actually believe in Santa until he gets there. And like everyone else does. And like his Spoiler whole alert. experience is shrouded by that.
2: Spoiler alert!
3: And, oh my goodness. Whatever. <laughs> And then in ET, you've got um, oh heck, what's his name? Elliot. Elliot. I mean, we we just watched ET, so go listen to the episode. You'll figure out what his Aww. issue is. But I'm just saying, like you 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 can make movies also that have characters, main characters that are developed well and have interesting stories. But I I think I think because this is from a comic. And like Doug was saying about Garfield earlier, like it, it's what you get. You know what I mean? Like it's a comic where you've got like however many panels to, to go through a zany story and then you're done, you know, like, and this movie kind of feels like that. It's like, we just get a character called Tintin. He's nothing. He exists. Here's all the zany things that happen to him and the people around him. And bam, there's your fun little, fun little tale in one. You know what I mean? But it's I mean, not I, the same kind it, of film.
0: I think that's speaking too of uh, comics, though. You can have complex characters in comic strips. I mean, Tristan, sure. I know you read Calvin and Hobbes. Like, yeah, Calvin and Hobbes gets deep. I mean, I've read all, I've read all kinds of
3: comics, and it, yeah, it, it, you totally can. It's just not. This isn't that kind of story, you know. I th-
1: I think what we're getting at is that we have a much bigger issue with the fact that we have we now have two Garfield movies and one 1010 movie, but have yet to have a Calvin and Hobbes movie. That's what it, we're getting. It's
3: a find. crime. It's a crime, I
1: honestly. Say that Which I one
0: of us is gonna
2: uh, call the police?
0: Doug. Bill Watterson made the rights available to do anything further with Calvin and Hobbes.
1: Oh no, I, I don't I don't really need a Calvin and Hobbes movie. I just it's it was just to make a point it was just to make a point. I gotcha. Um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a movie that exists. Tintin is character that exists. It was in one out. It was in one air. It was out the other. It's not the worst movie that I watched this week. It's not the worst movie I will probably watch this year. I may have watched the worst movie I will watch this year, but
3: <laughs> yeah, you gave that a scathing review.
1: Yes, I did. Go Everything check out my. All at once, right? No. <laughs> If you have the mains, go and see everything everywhere all at once. That is totally. perfect. That movie's actually per- like, perfect. Perfect.
3: <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> if we're about to close, I just want to like summarize my thoughts a little bit. I-, I just think this movie, to me, I know Doug feels very differently, and I- and we- he said it. <laughs> but to me, I enjoy this movie. This is a movie I would like bring to the youth group you know what i mean and like watch it we all have a good time and it's a decent film like a family movie it's good for that like it's it's probably not like you know it's not rated g like there is some adult themes in this movie um
0: more adult themes than you would find in most modern pg right
3: right i agree and it is a pg
1: movie where pg means pg and i respect that
3: yeah and I think it, to me, it goes by pretty quickly. I think the action sequences are really interesting. I like them. I think they're fun. Um, but I think it's severely lacking in proper character development, which I think, I think as I described, I think it just has a lot to do with the, the way the property exists and what it's come from. And obviously, changes can be made, other things, other movies, and movie to book, book to movie. Things have been made better. Things have been made worse. You know, any fandom has that going for it. Um, but this just kind of didn't do a whole lot other than the technology aspect, which was like for for us, you know, leaning towards Uncanny Valley. It's kind of weird. So it seems like that's the only really interesting thing this movie had going for it that was different was that, you know, we, we had this uh, sort of motion capture going on. But all that to say is Haddock needed more fleshed out. He needed to be more fleshed out and probably needed to to be more fleshed out too, but that won't ever happen.
0: Yeah. Well, let's score the sucker. So Tristan, you just talked a whole bunch. Why don't you give us your score?
3: Okay. Uh, Well, like I said before, this movie was one of my top films like 10 years ago. Um, it, it, it doesn't rank for me, uh, but it's still pretty good, I think. So I, I think it deserves a, a solid 80. I also want to mention that John Williams, we didn't even talk about it, but he scored this movie, and it's a classic Williams Spielberg team up. So just put that out there.
1: Ben, you want to give us your score? Uh, sure.
0: Um, I wouldn't say I particularly enjoyed this movie. Um, I think there are good things about it. Um, anytime John Williams scores a movie, it's going to be good. Um, I will say, I don't know that this is one of my favorite scores from him. Um, there, were, I'm struggling right now to remember anything that was super significant from it um, or anything that like really stuck with me. From the uh, score? Yeah. To because me, that, that's that how I'm, a good
3: score stands out. Like it, It doesn't. Like, it meshes well with the movie.
0: There's a balance. Uh, I think there are parts where it should stand out. Like, you remember the scene and you can actually hear the music. Um, and there's nothing like that for me in this movie. But I don't think that's necessarily John Williams. I think that this movie just wasn't interesting enough for me to remember scenes like that. Um, <clears throat> I think all the characters in this movie are really bland, uh, which makes it hard to even think about rewatching this movie. Even if it is just put on in front of a crowd of people, uh, so for that reason, I'm gonna give this movie a 50.
2: What
1: dang, dude? Okay, sweet, thank you for saying that, Ben. Ben, thank you for saying that because I was gonna feel really bad. I was gonna feel really bad, Ben, because I agree, I think it should be a 50. I think this movie, like, it is part like if you took a dart and just threw it at the board, like, it would just give you like it would give you straight down the middle it wouldn't even land on a score it would just land on the railing between sections wow yeah i
0: mean if i can sum it up i think this film is perfectly yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: i think
2: "Eh." i
0: I don't know the movies
3: because i'm not a robot but um I know I I'm almost confident there are movies that we've reviewed before that you've given a higher score that in thinking about if you do them, you would say, oh, that I don't know if I like this movie more than 1010, actually. Well, <laughs> Tristan,
1: it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm currently looking at the movies that I've watched this year um, and uh, the movie that I the last movie that I gave close to a 50 was uh harry potter the 20th anniversary return to hogwarts i gave that 49 out of 100 <laughs> that's and my okay. and my uh review of it was just this movie exists it's it's here i wouldn't it's even th- classify it as a movie yeah but i watched it and it's over 90 minutes so okay. counts as a movie um yeah no i give this 50 I, I i like this movie about as much as i like the harry potter reunion special <laughs>
2: I also weirdly had the thought of just wishing I could not give it a score like I wanted to just say my score is a score like Mm -hmm. I don't hate this movie at all I found a lot of it enjoyable and interesting I thought it was way too fast-paced to a point where I became disinterested because like I kept thinking we were about to hit resolution like every 10 minutes and then we never did or eventually it happened, but I just kind of zoned out and then I zoned back in very close to the ending because it hurt my brain to try and just keep up. I've had a really long day. Dang. Anywho, I don't <laughs> I wasn't offended by this movie really, though. Like I I'm sorry, Tristan. But what is it called? The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. That was the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> That movie and like two others wasted my existence and makes me.
3: I mean, I get why you wouldn't like that movie. What? I get why you wouldn't like that movie.
2: Anywho, so like, I don't feel that way at all about this movie, but I think this movie's like okay. I just, um, and I'm sure I would like it a lot more in other situations, I guess. So I was just going to go for flat 70 because it passed.
0: Okay. Well, after plugging that into our patented score a final score of a 62.5 and, you know, I can live with that. I think yeah.
2: that feels right. I don't think feels right.
0: I don't yes. think I've ever
3: disagreed more on an average score.
1: Sure you have. Sure you I have.
3: Uh, I don't um, remember it So I,
1: I will also say so there was a movie that I gave there's a movie that I reviewed this year that I gave a 50 and it's a documentary called Who is Arthur Chu Jeopardy's Most Hated Player <laughs> uh, and I I literally wrote I mean I like half of it I don't like the other half of it so I guess when you put together the two halves you get a 50
3: Doug really is
0: chaos out here I mean if you think about i like, not chaos like best.
1: There are several
0: ways that you can get a fifty.
2: There are. I'm a teacher.
1: I would say I would say that since that since I've started like actively reviewing movies as I watch them, I I think I've gotten fairly consistent. I was talking with Ben about this the other day. I feel like I've gotten fairly consistent with like what I score. What?
0: Well, I think next week's movie will score much higher uh, because you know I'm excited.
1: wait why did i just do here comes the bride what is it (laughs) Um...
2: that was not here comes the bride you ding that Uh, what
1: movie is it we're watching rogue three nope
2: rogue
0: Rogue four nope rogue one a star Wars story because next week is may the fourth aka may the may the fourth be with be with you aka star wars day uh so that is gonna be a fun time
2: aka the day that ben told me he loved me for the first time hey yo
1: i just want to say um as someone who uh has been uh serving at a episcopal church for the past several months when <laughs> we said may the fourth be with you i almost said and also with you <laughs> i mean that is the appropriate <laughs> response doug Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm excited for Rogue One. We haven't talked about Rogue One. Well, I mean, we've we've maybe, like, talked around Rogue One on this podcast. But I'm excited. It should be fun.
0: Oh, yes, because yep. I will be coming with at least one very hot take. Mm. All right. Well, I you'll have to be sure take. to tune in next week to find out what that hot take is. Uh, but in the meantime, you can keep up with all the really interesting stuff that we're doing on social media at Vitor Media. Uh, we've got new episodes of Seven Skiing every Wednesday. It's a great time. Check it out. And uh,
1: keep an eye out for that picture of Freddie Highmore's face on a cicada Shady. show. Maybe. Uh, anyway,
0: uh, this was uh, The Adventures of Tintin. Uh, be sure to tune in next week when we talk about Rogue One. Uh, yeah. Next week. And uh,
1: go and see everything,
0: everywhere all at once. It's perfect. Also will do that. I haven't yet, but maybe soon. I don't know. Money.
1: Yeah. Maybe Money. it'll
0: stream soon and I could do that
1: showtime it'll be on showtime i don't have that one i have it though i'll give you my i can't say that this is a Whoa. medium that will be produced. Doug, that
0: is illegal i would never do such a thing
1: wait yes wait. yes i doug Gooden, have never given out my all streaming right, service login uh, look
3: we're gonna have to call Seal team six in to kill this podcast
0: <laughs> all right well before that happens let's get out of here uh anyway i'm ben i'm doug i'm tristan
2: I'm not Doug or Mike.
0: Oh
3: my oh my god.
0: (laughs) That was Macy and Wait,
2: I'm in a (laughs) live chair.
0: That was Macy, and this has been setting the (laughs) scheme. I hope you all have a great night or a great week.